I, um, I remember a number of occasions when I was a child when I, I asked my parents for something and I didn't get what I asked for. Have you had those experiences as a child? You still feel a little bit scarred on the inside. <laughs> um, I don't know how old I was, but I was uh, desperate at a young age, probably about six, I reckon, to get for Christmas a Mr. Frosty crushed ice drink maker. Hey, look at that. How much fun would that be for a six-year-old? I mean, oh, gosh, I wanted that. I didn't get it. I didn't get what I asked for. There was another year, and I don't know if this was Christmas or, or birthday. I was crushed. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was crushed. Um, however, I now have a Thermomix that does far better than Mr. Frosty could have ever hoped to do at Crushing Ice. Anyway, and there was another year, I don't know if it was birthday or, or Christmas, but I desperately wanted a Barbie doll, all right? And um, I did, in fact, at some point get a Barbie doll. This one here, would you believe? I found it on the internet, okay? And then, um, yeah, one of my friends must have had that one because it's bringing back memories too. But anyway, I desperately wanted a Barbie doll. And um, do you know what I got? Instead of a Barbie doll, oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that was pretty much the same clown. Again, I found that on the internet. It's a for those on the on the recording. It is a odd looking porcelain clown doll thing. Um, I didn't get what I asked for. <laughs> All right. And then there was a, another year, and this time this was for my birthday, and I, I must have been um, in high school by this age. I was a teenager, and I wanted a cassette tape, all right, with like the, the top 40 radio hits on it, and maybe like a bit of Bon Jovi, you know, yeah, bad medicine, kind of do, 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 you know. That's what I wanted. So badly wanted that. Do you know what I got for my birthday that year? Uh, I got... Twyla Paris. She's the one that does, he is exalted, the king is exalted. So it was like, I got a worship album from Twyla Paris for my birthday at the age of, I don't know, 15 or 14 or however old I was. Um, I, didn't, uh, I didn't get what I, what I asked for. And today we're talking about unanswered prayer. All right. All, all, you know, the topic is basically when we ask our Heavenly Father for something, and we don't get what we ask for. Uh, as we've been journeying through this prayer course, we've touched on topics like adoration and petition and intercession. And if you've been part of the small groups, um, if you haven't been part of the small groups, I really recommend you catch up on the videos because there have been some amazing testimonies and inspiring stories that uh, the presenter of, of those videos has shared about prayer and you get fired up about prayer, don't you, and inspired about intercession. And it certainly has stirred my prayer life up. It certainly has inspired me to just hook into prayer more. But the elephant in the room is this. It's, it's why don't all our prayers get a yes? Why are some prayers seemingly unanswered? How do we reconcile what we know, you know, that God answers prayers, that prayer is important, with the reality of what we often experience, which is God doesn't seem to answer my prayers. God seems to be silent when I pray. 
Of course, we can explain away some un- unanswered prayer with, well, it isn't God's will and it's not God's timing. And you might have tried to do that a bit and that works okay for minor things, doesn't it? For inconsequential things that, that don't matter, like like a Mr. Frosty Maker or, or praying for a parking spot or something, the, the things that don't really have a long-term effect on our, on our life or on those we love, we can explain them away fairly easily as to why God didn't answer those prayers. But what about those big things we pray for? Okay? Our health, our finances, our relationships. What about things like suffering and trauma and pain and hardship and difficulty? What about those prayers? What about the prayers we pray for work, for our family, for our children, for our nation, for friends to come to salvation? You know, those are the prayers we pray that have life-changing consequences, don't they? They are major things. And as I was thinking about this topic, I thought, you know, dealing with unanswered prayer, I think, is really about learning how to deal with disappointment. It's learning how to process loss and grief and letdown. It's learning how to handle frustration. It's learning how to delay gratification. And that's just a fancy word for learning how to wait for good stuff. There are lots of helpful uh, rationales and reasons that might explain why our prayers are unanswered and why we don't get everything we ask God for. And in the prayer course videos we've been watching, there's some great explanations about that. So I'm not going to cover that today. So if you were hoping that I would give you all the answers as to why your prayers are unanswered, I'm sorry, you're going to be disappointed. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to direct you to watch those videos. Um, you know, we, I think to a certain extent we get the head answers for this stuff. But I think the hard answers, the, that's the harder thing to get. Our intellect generally um, understands concepts like God's will and God's timing and human will and natural laws of the universe and spiritual warfare and those things. But it's our human emotion, it's our heart that has difficulty figuring out unanswered prayer. The key to coping with unanswered prayer is learning how to deal with disappointment. It's learning how to hope when there is no reason to hope. I think if you can learn how to do that, unanswered prayer is not going to loom so large and difficult in your life. And if you can learn how to do that, you're going to continue to grow and mature as as a Christian. You're going to continue to see the image of Christ formed in you. And I, I suspect that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, as a side note, you'll actually be emotionally healthier and psychologically healthier too. That's just an added bonus. If you don't learn how to process unanswered prayer and disappointment with God, I can guarantee this. If you don't learn how to do this, I can guarantee your prayer life is going to suffer. There's just no two ways about it. It will suffer because doubt is going to start clouding your prayers. Your prayers are going to start to become dull and stagnant. Your fellowship and your intimacy with God will be hindered because you're going to start thinking, well, is he really here? Does he really care? Does he really notice me? Your faith's going to be impacted because you're going to start thinking, well, can I trust God? Hey, like, is he really able to answer my prayers? You're going to become disillusioned with church because you're going to think, well, they pray for me. 
nothing happens. Hey, there must be something wrong with the church. There must be something wrong with the pastor. I think if you don't learn how to deal with this stuff, you also risk becoming inauthentic as a believer. You know, there's a real shallowness that comes when people don't process their disappointment and their grief and their loss and their frustration. You know, the kind of people and Christians who put on a good front, you know, hey, they kind of like fake the faith. Oh, and that's okay occasionally, but, but not permanently, not permanently. You know, people, they pretend nothing's wrong. Praise the Lord. Oh, man, it's all great. Thanks, brother. You know, and, and it becomes this real disconnect between what, what someone um, uh, says they believe and says is going on for them and what's actually going on for them. If you don't learn how to deal with this stuff, you also risk becoming a little bit weird, like strange, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like what I mean by that is this, you know, going after those fads and those special techniques and, and kind of getting involved in other ministry and other stuff because you're trying to seek after more powerful experiences of God and more powerful prayer. And what happens is you'll start following after ministries rather than after Jesus. And then finally, if you don't learn how to deal with this stuff, you, you risk falling away. And, and I don't want to make doctrinal judgment calls about salvation here but but what I mean by by that is this you know I know of this couple who had a a very significant event occur in their life um, involving the legal system okay and they were seeking God to bring deliverance for them from this um, specific event now they define deliverance in a certain way all right do you ever do that You, you you say God I need this and this is what Deliverance for me looks like. Sometimes God has other plans, but they define deliverance in a certain way. And to be fair, I would have defined deliverance in the same way they did too. Okay, this was a, this was a pretty significant um, uh, legal uh, thing that they were dealing with. It was tough. It was difficult. It was, it was really quite horrendous. They were praying. I was praying. Their friends were praying. There was focused prayer on behalf of this couple for God to intervene. God didn't do what everyone asked him to do. The outcome was not in their favour. Now, for this couple, that was probably the the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, because there were other events that had happened to them previously that that had been experiences of disappointment and and frustration at unanswered prayer or or difficult experiences in, in relation to their faith that didn't go well for them. This couple were previously very involved in their local church and ministry. And I have seen this couple go from being an evangelistic, missional-minded couple, you know, wanting to see people come to salvation, serving people, um, sharing the gospel with unbelievers. I've seen them go from being strongly and heavily involved in ministry in their local church to being cynical and hostile about God, about the church, about faith. They no longer attend a church. And it's to the point that even mentioning Jesus in a conversation causes a very uncomfortable silence and a very quick change of topic. Don't think it can't happen to you. And interestingly, across that 
at Leeton this morning, I there was a couple there and, and that 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 was their first time they'd been back in church for a long, long time and someone was explaining a little bit about them and they'd actually had a very similar experience to this. It, it, don't think it can't happen to you. It's a warning to us all. If we don't deal with unanswered prayer, whether it's big, whether it's just little stuff, because who knows that lots of little unanswered prayers kind of tend to stack up to be a big unanswered prayer. Yeah, If we don't learn how to deal with this stuff, it will loom large and difficult in your life and your faith and your authenticity as a believer will be impacted and you risk one day being like this couple, not even able to hear the name of Jesus spoken in a conversation. And I wonder whether here this afternoon is we're only a small group of people, but I bet there are people here who have some big unanswered prayer in their history, in their life. And I reckon maybe it's stuff that you haven't properly worked through yet. Maybe there are people here who have some disappointment with God that they need to deal with. Maybe for some of you, you've lost the ability to hope Maybe you never really had the ability to hope to begin with. The key to coping with unanswered prayer is learning how to deal with disappointment. It's learning how to deal with letdown. It's learning how to hope when you have no hope. And today we're going to look at the experience of Abraham in the Old Testament. You know, Abraham had received a promise from God, hadn't he? God's made a promise that he would have an exceedingly fruitful life, that he would receive land and descendants and he would be blessed by God and that his name would be uh, so great that all the people on earth would be blessed through him. That's quite a promise, isn't it? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's a big promise. But Abraham's got a big need. Do you know what that big need is that he has? A baby. A baby. He needs a baby. That's right. Big need. He needs a big baby. Um, he, he needs a baby for this to happen. He needs someone to inherit, doesn't he? Now, there's going to be no descendants, is there? And, and of course, he's, he's asking God for a son and God promises a son. But the son's not coming. And what does Abraham do? He tries to force God's hand, doesn't he? And uh, there's Ishmael born uh, to the servant girl. Okay, so he ends up with this illegitimate son of a servant woman. Do you ever try to force God's hand? (laughs) (laughs) Any guilty looks there? Yeah. Do you ever try to get an answer to prayer that's kind of not there yet? She's so desperate to see God come through in your life. And so you kind of manipulate your life or circumstances so that it happens. Well, there's Abraham. He's waiting. He's waiting and waiting and wanting and wanting. And he's asking and asking. And he's old. I mean, he's really old. And his wife. She's old too. She's really old too. And it just doesn't look like God's going to answer their prayer. In fact, it gets to the point where God 
in the natural can't answer the prayer because they're too old to have children. When the prayer and the promise don't seem to be delivering, what do you do? I mean, we've all been there, haven't we? And, and you're like, God, I, I'm sure you said this, but I'm seeing this and it's just not working out. The thing that I thought you'd promised me, it's, it's not happening. What do you do? How do you deal with the disappointment, the hurt, the frustration, the, the not being sure if God will provide, not knowing if it will work out okay? You know, the realisation that the things have gone so terribly wrong and not happened as you thought God would make them happen. And all you've got is an Ishmael and an old wife. And things don't look good for that big prayer and that big promise you were praying into. Have you experienced that sort of unanswered prayer? Life is going to get a broken hip. What do you do? Do you get angry at God? Do you get angry at others? Do you get depressed? Do you bargain with God? Do you stop praying? Do you withdraw from others? I think most people probably stop praying, I think is a common, common response, and or withdraw from fellowship. They seem to be the two biggies when people are disappointed with God. Stop praying, withdraw from fellowship, which is kind of the worst thing to do when you think about it, isn't it? Because fellowship is where you're going to receive care and love and support and prayer and you're going to hear God's message of love and provision for you and prayer is, well, prayer is where it really all happens. Romans chapter 4, grab your Bible, grab your phone, Romans chapter 4. Let's see what Abraham did. How did Abraham cope with unanswered prayer? Romans chapter 4, verse 18, starting at verse 18. Romans 4, 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he's faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was a 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. So what did Abraham do? Well, he did two things. There's just two things I want you to take away from today. The first thing is he faced reality. Verse 19. Without weakening in his face, he faced... Ugh, it's a bit of a tongue twister. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was 100 years old. He faced reality. He's like, I'm 100. My body's practically dead. Sarah's womb, dead, can't happen in the natural. He faced reality, but but he didn't let it cause him to doubt God. You know, facing the impossibility of your situation is not a lack of faith. Do you know that? It's not a lack of faith. Being honest about your, your situation and, and uh, be honest about how you're feeling about it. Don't be a person who pretends that everything's okay when they're not. 
Like we all attempted to do that from time to time, aren't we? Hey, how's your week? Yeah, good. It was uh, busy. <laughs> Code four. All hell broke loose. All right. Don't don't pretend you're doing well when you're not. We all do it. I do it. Um, don't be afraid to be real and transparent about your struggles. And what's going on for you? That's right. Next time someone says, "How are you going?" and they're like, "Oh, busy." You'd be like, do you need some prayer, Pastor? <laughs> You're like, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, don't, don't be afraid to be transparent about your struggles and what's going on for you. You know, it's emotionally healthy and psychologically healthy to do this. Also, though, it means your church or your small group or your friends can support you. They can pray with you. They can look after you. You know, we love looking after you. Do you know that? We love looking after each other, don't we? We love praying for one another, don't we? Hey, we want to know what's going on for you. Um, don't, be, don't be fearful that by facing reality, you're going to somehow speak a negative reality into existence. Like acknowledging, for example, acknowledging that you're sick is not going to cause the universe, God or the devil to make you stay sick. All right, let's just, let's just clear that one up right there. It is okay to acknowledge the reality of your circumstances, but don't let that reality cause you to doubt God. I think facing reality is actually a very positive and a very proactive thing. It's not like pulling up the, the white flag. It's actually a proactive thing to go, okay, let's get real. The reality is this. I often get chipped by someone in my family for saying, well, the reality is, <laughs> right, it's a good thing to do. It also shows great faith. That was just, no, sorry. Um, it also shows great faith, all right? You know, Lord, it's impossible in the natural of my circumstances, but I know that you are still able and I will look to you, Lord, to provide the impossible. That's showing great faith, isn't it? Yeah? It is. Saying, you know, God, you can place life in a dead womb the same way you place life in a dead tomb. You know that prayer? It's tweetable, that, isn't it? Right there. It's tweetable. Yeah. I don't know. But you know that prayer that seems impossible for you right now? God can do it. If God can put that life in that dead womb of Sarah's, and put life in that dead tomb of Jesus's, then he is more than qualified to answer your prayer, isn't he? More than qualified, don't you think? Yeah. We must face the reality of our situation, but don't stay there. Don't stay there. The second part of dealing with unanswered prayer is finding hope. Finding hope. And Abraham did that by focusing on the promise. So we're going to find hope by focusing on the promise. Let's have a look back there in Romans 4, verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. There was a promise made to him that he clung to. What about in verse 20? He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. 
There were promises made to Abraham and Abraham focused on those promises. And so for us, I think when we have unanswered prayer, ask yourself, where is God's promise for me in this today? Find a scripture. Remind yourself about what God has said to you. Remind yourself about who God is. Maybe there's, there's a prophetic word or a dream or there's just some way God has spoken to you. Hold on to that promise. Hold on to his character. Remind yourself. That's going to stir hope in you. The promise might not directly relate to the thing you're praying for. I mean, you might be, um, you know, praying for the, I don't know, BMW at the front of a two-story house or something. Um, um, and, you know, you might not actually get that. So what I'm going to suggest is, is that, um, you know, you, you find a promise from Scripture that you know to be true um, because by, by holding on to promises from Scripture, holding on to promises about God's character, you know you're holding on to the right promises, not just some wacky promise some guy at a conference somewhere gave you, okay? You know that you're holding on to the right promises. It's sort of like a rock promise, instead of a sandy beach promise, you know, mm. all right? Um, and then that's going to be a good foundation for your hope, the rock promise. Having a promise from God is a key to hope. If you don't have a God promise, you've got nothing to stand on. You've got nothing to anchor your faith in. You've got no way of hoping in the face of circumstances that are beyond hope. Of course, Abraham's circumstances were beyond hope, weren't they? had no child, no physical way that that could happen yet. And he still believed. That's pretty amazing when you think about it, isn't it? It's not like he had, like, the Bible to look at and get a bit of inspiration from. Mm. Eh? He believed what had been said to him. There was a promise he could hold on to. When your prayer is unanswered, you need a promise to hold on to. And this will strengthen your faith. And against all hope, you will be able to have hope. Hope and faith, they really are tied together. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about the pillars of life, faith, hope and love, doesn't it? If you want faith, you need hope. And when you have hope, you'll have faith too. The Bible is full of examples of people facing the reality of their unanswered prayer but still finding reason to hope in God's provision for them. The Psalms are full of people calling on God for help. Things are not good, but they still look to God's character and God's promises for hope. Lamentations is all about um, the Israelites feeling abandoned by God. Things are pretty desperate. In that uh, book, aren't they? If you've had a read recently, people are dropping dead in the streets, dying of starvation. Mothers are eating their babies. So it's pretty grim in the book of Lamentations. Hey, um, but they find hope in the promise of God's love and mercy. The question I have for you today, what have you done to deal with your disappointment and your unanswered prayer. Have you learned how to hope against all hope?
And if you do this, you'll mature in your faith. Hope and faith will flourish in your life and you will be bulletproof against the storms of life. Because they'll come. And you'll be bulletproof against the schemes of the enemy because they'll come. And you'll be bulletproof against the trials and the disappointments in this lifetime that will come. If you learn how to face reality and find hope in the promises of God, you'll know how to hope when there is no hope. And that's what you need to do with unanswered prayer. Amen. I encourage you this week, take some time. Do a bit of a self-assessment of this stuff. I've got some little, little sheets here that just, if you need a bit of help to work through unanswered prayer in your life, take one of these. Set aside an hour of, of, of in your week and, and work through this with God. Start to process some of this stuff. You'll be, you'll be glad you did. You really will. Let's pray. Father God, as we just take a moment now to be still before you, we think about some of the unanswered prayers that we've had in our life. Some of those prayers are big prayers and some of them are little prayers and some of them we think, oh, well, they don't really matter and some of them are still causing us grief and pain and sorrow and, and just this profound sense of sadness and loss. Lord God, we just invite you into that disappointment. We invite you into the emotions that we're feeling about that unanswered prayer. We know that in the same way that not one sparrow drops to the ground without you knowing, we know that not one tear falls from our eye without you knowing. We know that you count every tear that we've cried about these unanswered prayers in the same way that, that you've counted every hair on our head. And so even though our heart sometimes is tempted to doubt that, that you really do care and you really are there, we, we know, we know that you do care. We hold on to the promises of Scripture that remind us that you are, however, present hope and refuge in a time of trouble. We hold on to the message of the cross that reminds us that you know what suffering is like. We take hold of the words of Jesus that say, not my will, but yours be done. So Lord, this week, as we spend time with you processing our unanswered prayer, would you would you restore hope to us? Would you remind us of those promises that you have spoken into our life? Would you show us the, the promises that are in Scripture that are there for us to be encouraged and, and strengthened in our faith? Lord, we want to mature in our faith. We want to have the image of Christ formed in us and we don't want to let anything get in the way of that. And so we surrender our hurt and our loss and our disappointment to you and ask that you bring healing in Jesus' name. Amen.